Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, and here this morning to break today's bread with us. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you for you have taken home in us. Thank you for your everlasting presence. Thank you for your love that never changes. Thank you, Father, because nothing is ever able to separate us from your love. Father, we thank you for the gift of righteousness that you have freely given to us. Thank you because you have set us apart and in love you have you predestined us to be adopted as sons in Christ Jesus, that we may be blameless, that we may be innocent in your eyes, and that we also possess a sense of innocence. Thank you, precious Father, because this is your will. We thank you because you are bringing us back to this place that you have always desired for us. This morning, we receive the word with thanksgiving in our heart, knowing that it will continue to transform us, that we will continue to experience you better and better in every aspect of our life. We give you praise and we give you glory. Any other offending or opposing argument this morning, we take them captive and subject them to the work of Christ. Thank you, precious Father. We give you praise and we give you glory. And everyone who prayed with me this morning would say aloud, Amen and Amen and Amen. Beloved, you know that when people don't understand something, right, they don't, they can't really make sense of the whole thing. And that's why sometimes um, I keep repeating some certain things uh, so that people will understand the angle where we are coming from. Now, I saw an interview earlier this morning concerning, um, you know, the, sis the beloved uh, sister who passed. And you know the story. It was alleged that it's still an allegation. It was alleged that um, the, the her death was as a result of the, the domestic violence. Very unfortunate thing. But what made it more unfortunate is that this was a matter or a case that almost everyone who knew her was aware of. I mean, when I say everyone, people who were closer to her, her music producers knew her. Um, choir people knew her friends were aware and so this is not this wasn't an accident this was something that had been happening over and over and over again very unfortunate incident but the angle i'm coming from this morning is that um finally they got to interview the family of the husband and um, the family says that uh this man has not spoken to them i think i think the guy they were interviewing was his brother that this guy hadn't spoken for them for more than 20 years. In fact, that they have not, they, they, the last time they saw him, I think somebody died or whatever, and then he came home. So this person was just not that kind of person to the husband, to the wife. He was also that kind of person to his family, his own family, right? This, this interview just came out with his own family. But now the brother said something very um, that I need to draw everybody's attention to. And that the last time he came home, he came with almost 15 bottles of anointing oil that he poured around their house 
in the village that he came home with more than almost 15 bottles of anointing oil that he poured around their house. The brother said that later he was the one that had to pick up the bottles and threw them away. Why am I bringing up this matter this morning? What happened is unfortunate. We regret the uh, situation. And there's a lot of lessons that can be learned from this. But think about it. Why would this man who lives this kind of life come home with 15 bottles of anointing oil to pour around the house. Guess what? So he believes his problem is coming from the village, right? And beloved, why, why am I telling you this thing this morning? Anything that we are saying to men in the name of God, in the name of Christ, in the name of religion, that is not pointing them back to their own hearts, we are just deceiving them. We are just deceiving them. Unfortunately, today, even as I record this message this morning, the pressure is too much. Because you know why? What we are saying is hard for people. And there's a lot of people who don't want to hear it. Some people will hear, they walk away because that's not what they want to hear. So this person, think about it, had to carry that number of bottles of oil to go and anoint, perhaps trying to break curses or whatever. So uh, if if he was coming from the village, so the anointing oil, 15 bottles of anointing oil could, didn't even solve the problem. But you and I know today that what a man experiences is the condition of his heart. Perhaps if we try to understand where his own hurt was coming from, don't forget Hurt people hurt other people. Like I mentioned last Sunday, nobody who is full of joy in his heart always goes around looking for somebody to harass, intimidate, or to put in pain. No. What people act at or the pain they inflict on other people is coming from their own wounds and their own pains in their heart. Beloved, Hopefully, perhaps, God will continue to guide us. We'll find out how to make this message uh, go beyond, um, you know, the four walls of denominationalism. Or this is my church or this is your church. Because I start to see why, how that may be a problem. So, people, people will not look at what you're saying. They're looking at it from, okay, he's not from my church or I'm from that church or whatever. So, whatever. So, sometimes it starts to bring in a limitation. Because at the end of it, or sit down and think about what I'm telling you this morning, that the only way forward, the only thing that will heal our homes, transform our lives completely, is to deal with the issues in our heart. At the end of it all, what is seated there is what the man will come, will bring out. And that will control the experience of that man. I just wanted to bring that to your attention this morning so that you see that this is beyond, um, you know, helping us to get what we don't have. No, this is re this is re-engineering us, rebuilding us from our foundation. Like I've said, all of us began with a faulty foundation or began from a faulty foundation. There are people today who are rebels. You know why they're, they're rebels? As a kid, as a child, they were introduced to God. With their innocence, they believed the God that they were told. They believed that this God hears them. And then somewhere along the line, when they prayed and they did some certain things, they didn't get an answer. And today, they turned to rebels. So when you see them, you start to preach to them or talk to them as if they are rebels. But don't forget that these people first put their faith in God. 
What people don't ever go back to check is whether the problem was with God or with the picture of God that was presented to them. And so, beloved, I've said all this this morning that you may kind of look back and see why what we're saying is important. That the hope of humanity today will come from this gospel that targets men's heart, that softens the pain in their own hearts, that heals their heart from within, that crushes their fears and delivers them from all kinds of bondages. And as Jesus would say, when you see a tree, don't look at the fruit, just look at the tree itself. Meaning, when you see a man behave in a particular way, or when you see a man going through some certain things, don't be carried so much away with what you see. Look at who that man is. And who is a man? A man is nothing but his heart. And of course, you know, I have explained this over and over again. When I say heart, I'm referring to the man's persistent thoughts, his emotions, um, his, you know, um, uh, the, the, the way he reads life from within him. Let me put it that way. Okay, so having gotten that out of the way, yesterday I began to read to you um, a portion of Psalms, P. Psalms, chapter number 23, talking about a prayer from a pure heart, giving you the example of a man praying from the purity of his heart. And I'm going to continue this morning so that I flesh it up. I may run through the whole chapter, uh, Psalms 23, or I will stop somewhere. But just notice from the first one we read, I told you that you can. the first thing that you can read when you look closer here is the certainty of the relationship. There was no uncertain. Imagine a man who lived before Christ had a revelation that made him have a certain clear-cut revelation about his relationship with God. He knew God to the point that he could say things like, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd, he said. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Where is the conviction of having more than enough comes from? Because Yahweh is my shepherd. Don't forget what that means. And when you go down and click on the footnote on that verse 1 of Psalms 23, you know what it says? It says, or where it says, I always have more than enough. Why do, if I have, if I always have more than enough, that means I lack nothing, right? So you see the other translation, we said, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing, right? Okay, so watch this. It says, oh, I lack nothing. What a wonderful declaration. The Bible calls it. So I told you that these Psalms were prayers. These Psalms were affirmations. These Psalms were a man giving voice to the consistent and persistent thought of his heart. These Psalms are affirmations. They were prayers. They were declarations. It says, what a wonderful declaration over your life to never be in lack, always possessing more than enough. Our God meets our emotional, physical and spiritual needs. I just read for you the footnote on of Psalms chapter 23, verse number 1. Again, it reminds us a shepherd will meet 
all of your needs, not some of your needs. Praise God. Not which one is this. There's no classification. Whatever the sheep needs, the shepherd always provides and more than provides. Praise God. Again, he says physical, emotional, spiritual. There's that part of teaching that says, oh no, God is all about spirituality. Sir, the essence of spirituality is to produce a life that we live in the physical. Let me say that once again. The essence of spirituality, right, is to clean us up so that we have a beautiful life on the outside. That's the essence of spirituality. Minus that, what does it mean that we are so... What are you trying to gain by spirituality? Now, tell me, what is the purpose of spirituality if it doesn't transform a man's life? Unfortunately, what we've been taught to be spiritual is not what spirituality means. What we're taught to be spiritual is an example of a man who believes that his problem is coming from his village, goes home, pours 15 bottles of anointing oil. That is spiritual warfare he's doing without knowing that the war is in his heart. Without knowing that he is, that the war is in his heart. And so, think about it. What would be the benefit of spiritual life that does not transform our life on the outside? And so we speak in tongues and then do what and then do what? No, the essence of spirituality is that it cleans us from inside so that our lives are better on the outside. So when people start to isolate spirituality as if it's another thing and then our life is outside thing, and they say, spiritual, we are spiritual life. What exactly is that? Ask yourself, what is the purpose of that? Don't forget, God who is spirit came and created a physical world. You are not more spirit than God. I'm sure you will admit that one. But God who is spirit came and created a physical world. What is the purpose of the physical world? To give definition, to give taste, to give experience to that which is already only available in the spirit. And the Bible tells us that everything that we see was was not created from things that they existed, that God looked into the realm of that spirit and brought out physical things. So the spiritual thing is supposed to affect the physical thing. There's no spiritual life that if it's not producing a tangible outside result, result that will make us live our lives in a better way. So when people try to separate this, you know, spirituality, no, you know, Jesus is about spiritual life and stuff like that. Question, brother, sister, what is the essence of spiritual life that does not have any impact on your natural life? It does not make, no, the purpose, in case you don't know, the purpose of spirituality today is to give us a life that is fulfilling. Praise God. Think about it. The Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience. Again, as I call this list, think about what are these things supposed to do? What is love in your heart supposed to do? What is what is joy in your heart supposed to do? What is kindness supposed to do? It's supposed to impact our lives on the outside. So I'm going on and on because the Bible says here that our needs, the Lord Yahweh supplies both our spiritual, emotional, and what physical need. Don't forget wholeness. I have always told you is spirit, soul, and body. We must minister, but we have to put it in that order. And this is something I'm even drawing my own attention to over and over again. Yes, we minister to people physically. But we must start from the place of the spirit. That's why when I read those lines, I always try to consciously start from spirit, soul, and body. Because what a man is, is what his spirit is. That spirit is what is in his heart. Praise God. Amen and amen. So let's move on. Verse number two. Now, you can, when I finish, right? 
take these psalms and go back and take a look at it. You can see certainty. You can see that. That's, that's one thing I wanted to see here. You can see that there's no if or minus. There's no uncertainty now. No, this is somebody who was speaking about declaring what his eyes have seen. He says, he offers me a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He offers me his present is continuous. He didn't say because I did good, because I did bad. No, the nature of a shepherd and a good friend is that he offers me a resting place for me where not in his anger, not in his frustration. It would be terrible to worship a God who is very frustrated. And, and that's somehow how religion presents God to us. Like this God who that is now tired, this God that is now frustrated about you, this God that has been trying to help you and heal you and you are not, so he's now frustrated, he has given up on you. No, when you hear that a man is only describing his own limitation, that has nothing to do with God. He said he offers me a resting place for me in his luxurious love. That is so beautiful. Now, his tracks take me to an oasis of peace near the quiet brooks of bliss. I mean, oh my goodness, this is like he has laid, of course, that, uh, the older translation talks about the path of righteousness. And I've described that for you before, what it means that in order to get the sheep to a high elevation, the shepherd will create a path around the mountain so that they don't climb vertically, right? They don't climb, you know, they don't, they don't climb straight up, right? So rather than climbing that way, the shepherd makes a track around the mountain. And so guess what happens as the sheep goes around that mountain in circular motions, they are actually climbing up without knowing that they are climbing up. That's what David, that's the picture David had in his mind when he was talking about paths of righteousness. These are paths that the shepherd intentionally creates for the sheep. Why? So that they can make the climbing up easier for them. Praise God. Look at the heart, friends. Look at the look at the heart. And David understood this as a shepherd himself. He understood this. So God wants us to climb up, but not in pain, like they told us, not in penury. No, he makes a way that even though we are climbing up, we are not aware that we are climbing up. So every morning when you receive this message and give your heart to it, guess what? You are climbing up. You are being lifted away from sorrow to joy. You are being lifted away from darkness to light. You are being lifted away from death to life. You are being lifted away from toxic relationship to a peaceful home. You are being lifted away from poverty to wealth. Yes, and let me say that one again for those who have problem with it. You are being lifted away from poverty to, to wealth. Praise God. If your heart can take it. But notice one day at a time part of righteousness will circle again and again and again. And by the time you know it, when you look down, you have climbed so much up and then you start to look. That's what happens to people. I say to them, if you give your heart to the message, after a while, you look back and see how different you are, how detached you are from the things that used to bother you before, from the chains that held you before. You suddenly open up your eyes and see how far you have gone. And guess what? Our father makes that easy for us. 
just like a shepherd will guide the sheep to follow those tracks. That's what Daddy is doing for us as he appeals to our heart daily through these messages to open up our heart and see how much he loves us and begin to, and begin to understand that human beings themselves are also victims. And the more we hear this, the more our anger is rooted, the way our pains are crushed. And, uh, you know, all the limitations that has stopped us in our heart is rotted away. Without us, are we climbing? Yes, we are climbing, but we are not even aware of the climbing. What a beautiful relationship, friend. Just think about that. that. Just think about what that means. Put your heart to it and see what God is doing for us. That what he's doing with these daily messages is that is leading us around that path of righteousness we go around we come around we say the same thing we go back again why if you give your heart that means if you follow the message don't forget giving your heart is following the message if you follow the message god is lifting you up to higher grounds without you even knowing that you're going up to higher grounds and then suddenly you look back i mean i have people that when i met them right anybody would have condemned them and and you know frightened them no i spend my time and i said to them that when you open up your heart to what i'm saying one day you'll be ashamed of what is going off you will look at yourself and and you know be so ashamed that you are even doing this and i never spent my time trying to get them to stop what they were doing no i spent my time personally uh, patiently to continue to build the truth in their heart. Some of them today, if you want to bring up those issues, they don't even want to hear it. But but where they were at that time, that's what their life looked like. That's what they thought they needed. They were doing things that they thought they needed. Today, they can't believe they were living those kind of life. Praise God. And those are the testimonies that keep gladdening my heart. And that's why I keep pushing. Remember, friend, this message is a shepherd. God, who is your shepherd? leading you in the path of righteousness daily and helping you to climb up to a higher level of experience, a higher level of living, that the person you are will begin to come out fully and begin to manifest. Praise God. Amen and amen. Okay, I'm going to stop here and then, of course, I will come back tomorrow by the grace of God. Don't forget, if you have any question, you need any help in any way, concerning those messages don't forget you can always reach back to me and let's fellowship more together this morning you have been served shalom <music>